Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to discuss some of the biggest burning questions when it comes to writing your resume. Listen, I understand that things are not so straightforward in life. For example, you may have no experience within a given field, and then an entry-level position calls your name, but with a prerequisite of having three to five years of experience. Or maybe you're applying for positions that do require a lot of experience, but you feel like you're dealing with ageism. Oh, the irony. And today, we're going to unpack some of those burning questions with a really amazing guest who knows her stuff. Her name is Andrea Gerson, founder of Resume Scripter. Andrea has 15 years of experience working with professionals at all stages of their careers to find clarity, confidence, and a renewed sense of energy around their work. As a top-ranked career expert who has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, the Chicago Tribune, and Recruiter.com, Andrea empowers job seekers to leverage their strengths to reach their professional potential. Andrea graduated from Columbia University with a bachelor's degree in psychology. She then went on to earn her master's in social work at NYU while working full-time as a career counselor in the NYC nonprofit sector. It was during this time that she founded Resume Scripter, and since then she has created impactful resumes for nearly 7,500 professionals. Many of her clients have secured competitive roles at top organizations such as Microsoft, Google, Facebook, and the United Nations. So let's geek out over resumes. I know that this will be a fun and informative conversation. I love diving into some of these questions, so we'll have fun. And I know those of you listening to this episode will get something really good from the content. Let's launch right into episode 277 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on. And especially when we have other professionals who have, you know, delved into the art and science of resume writing, it's not easy, especially, you know, getting kicked off and learning all of our principles and trying to teach people the right things. But I want to know from you, how did you specifically get into resume writing? And perhaps you can share some fun stories of some clients you've worked with as well. Sure, absolutely. So I had over 50 jobs by the time I was 30. You know, I was an ice cream truck driver. I was a pottery painter. I was a bartender. <laughs> I opened my own cafe. So in my late 20s, I decided to go back to school to study psychology because I thought I wanted to become a therapist. And while I was in school at Columbia, I started working at a nonprofit on campus as a job counselor. So there was a pretty extensive GED and ESL program on campus. And, you know, I spent three years working with community residents on, you know, their resumes, cover letters, interview prep. And, you know, I worked with like 700 people and I loved it. I really felt like I had found, you know, way to use you know, yeah. my writing skills. I've always loved writing, but also that helping piece you know, wanting to help people like put their best selves forward and learn how to like identify their talents and, you know, overcome hurdles. So I still went through at NYU to become, you know, I went through social work degree, but by the time I graduated, resume writing had just become my full-time job through word of mouth, you know, people sending their friends to me and, and stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much how it came about. 
isn't that funny how that happens? Just resume writing just became your full-time job. And it's like, I made the joke earlier with like another friend of mine. I was like, I never, you know, wasn't in college thinking that, you know, I'm going to be taking all these classes with the hope and dream that I'll be a full-time, you know, resume writer and start my own company. It's like not what I thought that I would end up doing, but it's just that feeling of knowing that, you know, we're helping people in such a deep way because there's so much confusion out there with resumes and like, what do I possibly do to stand out and get noticed? People are wondering. And finally, when clients or people we've helped get the resume back that is transformed and it makes a difference, it's like, boy, is that incredible feeling. And so I totally understand it. And it's interesting, you know, you mentioned like, you know, I don't think either of us thought when we were kids, oh, I'm going to be a resume writer. But I think some of the most interesting and fulfilling careers, you know, they evolve. You know, you might have a direction in mind that you think you want, but really I think each career is like, it's a process. You know, you go through, you try something over time, over your life, you learn what you enjoy and what you're good at. And, you know, sometimes you have to make your own path. Absolutely. I agree. And so are there any stories that come to mind or that may stick out to you about folks who really needed the resume help and you felt like just implementing some techniques or just some changes to their resume really made a difference? Oh, I feel like that describes like everybody that I work with. You know, one person that kind of stands out is I worked with somebody who was a professional poker player and he wanted to get into the, the realm of finance. And, you know, I love situations like that where, you know, you're helping someone to really bring out what's transferable and you're trying to make experience that was maybe like not very conventional, you know, trying to formalize it, trying to put kind of borders and boundaries around it and give words to, you know, what they were doing that would that would resonate. So yeah, scenarios like that, I love helping people who've maybe bounced around or people who've had like multiple concurrent jobs, you know, try to like bring a professional narrative through their experience so that it makes sense to someone on the outside. Absolutely. That makes sense. It's like, I always think about like, I love this job. I plan on sticking with it for as long as I possibly can being the founder and CEO of a resume service. But if I had to transition, I was like, oh, all of a sudden I'm like, I want to be a software developer. I want to be a whatever position. It's like, I know I would need to go see a resume writer about how do I make my resume the last eight years of experience running this resume company? How do I make that translate to whatever I'm going into the future? So even me, who have I written tons of resumes, I would see somebody else about my own resume because I think it's so important to have a second opinion and a second perspective because we get tunnel vision, I think, when we're staring at our own resumes. Isn't that right? Yep. It's hard. It's hard when you're in it and it's you to know what to showcase and like, you know, we're kind of like blind about our own strengths, you know? So when you, if you get to that point where you want to go into software development, you know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about those complicated resume scenarios in just one second. I think that's going to help our listeners out. Before we dive into those specific scenarios, I wanted to give listeners just some good practices or just some general advice that people should follow in regards to their resume. 
So I'll ask the first question framing in the positive. So what do some of the best resumes out there do? What should my resume convey? So especially for people who are trying to like smooth over a rocky work history, one thing that all great resumes do, in my opinion, what I try to make all my resumes do is to follow an upside down pyramid format. So if you picture, you know, an upside down pyramid, the base of it is bigger, right? And the further, the lower down you get, it gets smaller and smaller. So a really great resume, you want your most recent experience at the top to be the highlight. You want that to be the focus because really that top third of the resume page is what people are going to be reading, you know, before they decide if they're going to keep on reading. So you want that to be the most impressive. So even if your most recent job was not your most impressive, that's your task when you're reworking your resume is to give that section a couple extra bullets, try to pull in more numbers about the scope you were involved in, you know, numbers about the company itself and things to make it impressive. So that's one tactic, I would say, is like try to keep that upside down pyramid in mind. And I love that because I've seen so many resumes that have, they're like, oh, I haven't touched my resume in a long time. And I just scrapped together my last position at the top, but it's not impressive. What's impressive is their old experience, but it's not what's relevant. And so you're saying, hey, let's put some more focus in beefing up, making relevant, um, just that more recent experience. I love that reverse pyramid. Yeah. Instead of trying to like sweep your recent experience under the rug, expand on it, try to make it look as amazing as possible. And then you can reference your older experience in the summary section. So that's how you can bring that older experience to the top, you know, to still make it, you know, in that top third of the page. Awesome. Great. Anything else there? That's one main thing I would say. Yeah. Okay. So let's go negative. These are always the fun questions here, but what is the biggest mistake you think that job seekers are making when it comes to writing their resume? Not hiring us. Okay. (laughs) But the other thing. (laughs) Exactly. People list tasks. Almost all the resumes that I see, you know, before resumes of clients that I'm, the resumes that I'm working, they are a list of the tasks that people did. Instead of, you know, descriptive highlights, the improvements that they were involved in. So people are just missing opportunities. Every bullet is an opportunity to showcase an accomplishment and an improvement and something that's action driven rather than just the tasks that they did. Okay. That makes sense. It's reminded of a TikTok video I saw the other day, which there's hit or miss TikTok video, just pieces of advice out there, just disclaimer for people. But there was one that I saw that was great. It was like things not to do on your resume. And it was like, go and find the job posting and copy and paste all the requirements from the job posting to your resume. Because not only is that just really cheap, but it does exactly what you're talking about, which is it only shows tasks and responsibilities. It doesn't give any actual substance. So perhaps, yes, you can show relevance like, oh, I'm doing the things now that you're asking me to do if you really did them, but it misses some of the substance that you're talking about and the accomplishment, like you just mentioned right now. So the three words that I use, you know, when I'm pulling, trying to get the meat out of people's resumes, the questions that I ask usually focus on context, scope, and outcome. So when I'm thinking about what types of details 
to tease out of a task. I want to know, like, why was this important? I want to know, like, what was the context? What was the setting that the task took place in? You know, and what was the impact? You know, how many clients or customers or staff did this task affect? You know, questions like that. That's how you can get the meat out of it. Absolutely. Do you ever have people who may give you a hard time about that and be like, Listen, I was this position where I did something where I had I have no metrics to give you. What do you tell those people that may give you a hard time about things? You know, it's funny. When I am reworking someone's resume, I send them a custom questionnaire. Okay, so I'm looking at the posting that they're targeting. I'm looking at their old experience and I'm writing probably like at least a couple of questions about every single old bullet with the lens in mind of like, here's where their, what their goal is. So with so many questions, nobody can answer all of them. And that's fine. Really what I want is just some meaty tidbits to weave in. So what I usually tell them is like any information that you give me is going to strengthen this, you know, any details that you can dig up. And maybe that means going to the company website, reading the about them section, you know, chatting with a past colleague or supervisor to like jog your memory because it's it really is critical. I love that. You seem like a very collaborative resume writer to work with who I would love to work with. So you're really selling me here. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So let's delve into some of those complicated scenarios here. I think one that often comes to mind, especially for those who may be recent graduates or perhaps are career changers out there are what if the entry level job posting that I'm applying for calls for three to five years of experience but it's clearly entry level and I haven't done the job yet. So how can I do the job that's asking for experience when I have no experience? That's a common question. I would love to hear your take. So one thing to keep in mind is that when employers are writing a job posting, I'm sure you can speak to this because you've hired for your company. I've done a little hiring for mine. We're writing a wish list. You know, it's sort of like when people are dating and they're thinking of like, what is the criteria that I want of like my dream person? You know, no one is going to match that. No one's going to meet it. But what for a job posting, what we really want to showcase is what are the strengths that you do bring? What is the knowledge that you do have? So even if it wasn't formal, five years of formal paid work experience, we can still showcase the knowledge that you have, the skills that you have. If you did volunteer work or academic projects, expand on those to show those transferable things that the posting will require and bring in awards, bring in, you know, bulk up your computer skills section. There's a website that I love called classcentral.com, which is basically like the Google of online learning. So you could go there and do a quick certification in a tool or a skill that you may not know But that shows that you took initiative and then you're working towards it. So even if you don't have the like three years minimum of like paid experience, you can still say on your resume that you have experience because you bring that knowledge and that combination of things. I love that. So let's say that the job posting is staring me in the face and it does say three to five years of experience. Like I oftentimes I feel like people do have that dilemma, whether it's do I have enough competence to apply for this job? It's like that hesitation people get. So do you have any, I guess, tips for people who are unsure whether or not yes or no, I should apply for the job? It's so scary because we all imagine that that company, you know, you would walk in the door and then everyone there knows what's going on and everyone there is competent, 
you know, but really like you are competent too. Like each person has like learned, you know, you're able to learn, you've developed skills, you've like had other accomplishments that were not with that employer that you're, you know, fantasizing about. So the goal is really, you know, you've got to convince yourself first, I guess, and then you've got to feel confident selling yourself on paper. And I think that's why working with someone can be so helpful because that way you're not holding yourself back, you know, believing that, that you're, that you're able to do it. You know, every job, there's always an onboarding process where you're going to learn not just the tools that they use, but how they're using them and, you know, not just what they're doing, but like the processes and every company and organization has their own way of doing it. I would say just trust that you're able to like learn and grow and evolve. Mm. It seems like you're on the side of if you're hesitant, then yes, err on the side of applying anyway. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I led a workshop a few months ago at the National Career Development Association that was about how to help people from like underserved backgrounds to take steps. And so I was sharing a lot of these tactics about expanding on volunteer work and whatnot. And this one woman got very upset and she was like, you know, you've got to put volunteer work in the volunteer work section. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you're misrepresenting and that's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, illegal. Whoa, whoa, what? Whoa. <laughs> a resume is a marketing document. I like to think about it like if you're hiring like an accountant or a CPA, right? You know, there are some of those people who are going to be like, we are doing this by the book. We're going to be as conservative as possible. We don't want to trigger any risks. You know, we're just going to like do we're not going to take risks. Yeah. I mean, they have to follow gap, you know, all oh, those sure. those a lot. But like it's a little bit different oh, from the sure. resume. Right, right. But like but even within that gap, within those tax regulations, there are going to be tax professionals who are like, you know, here are the way that we can use the guidelines in your favor and push things a little bit, you know, to your advantage so that you can get more money back and pay less taxes. So I'm using this as an example because I think in our realm too, you know, resume writing, you mentioned it's an art, not a science. It's a bit of a mix yes. of them. And so we can kind of choose how far are we going to push it to, to sell yeah, your strengths, 100%. right? We can, so, so it's a decision that, you know, we make with our clients, you know, we, I could position somebody super entry level straight out of college for a pretty high level job by using all these tips and tips and tips and strategies. But, you know, we may not want to because yes. we don't want that person to get in over their head. So it's just a, that question. I love that. I feel like we're delving so much deeper into like the tips and tricks and strategies. These are actual considerations for people to apply. Um, and I think I think we've given a lot here. So I'll move on to complicated resume scenario number two, which is a resume gap. So I know there are all sorts of different kinds of resume gaps out there. But Andrea, tell me what is a resume gap? You know, it could be something as simple as, you know, two or three months spent between jobs, applying for jobs to, you know, several years taken off for caregiving or for personal issues. So I think with, with each gap, there's like, there are like a few considerations. There's like, what is the reason for the gap? And is that something that we want to reference on the resume or in the cover letter? And then there's sort of like, how can we fill that gap on paper or can we? So maybe, you know, what I see sometimes is um, something else. Who, yeah. Stepped away from formal work. But during that time, they maybe were doing side projects or their own small business. So 
the first question for me is always like, can we expand on that and professionalize it and make it shine or at least make it stand up with the rest of their work history? And sometimes we might put that on a second page of the resume so that it's not the focus if it wasn't as relevant. Another little trick that I like to use is like, let's say that the the gap was a few years ago, maybe it was like five or six years ago. What I'll sometimes do is expand on their more recent experience. So have more bullets on the first page than I might normally, and then have the gap fall between the first page and the second page. So that way we might have like additional experience or things on the second page. And the employer won't really notice the gap as much if you can place it, have it fall between the two pages. Yeah, I love that. And sometimes like we freak out about our gaps and, you know, the person looking at your resume, they may not even notice the gap. I remember doing like a talk a long time ago. This this example always sticks out to me. I showed three recruiters resumes. They all had gaps, but I was like, can you tell me like something about these resumes? And like, they actually didn't call out the gap. They talked about other parts of the resume, but they didn't necessarily notice the gap. So oftentimes we're in our heads and we're kind of like selling ourselves too short before we even send out a resume. At this point, I feel like most people have had some sort of gap, especially after the pandemic. It's so common. I agree with you that not a, you know, really valid source of stress. I would say don't be too concerned. So you talked about a really good trick there, which is like you can push some things over to the second page and perhaps not de-emphasize, you know, for lack of a better word, that gap there. On a similar note, what would you recommend for those folks? It's almost like the same question in a way, but like folks who are returning back to an old industry or an old job that they used to have. And so example is a client of mine who she was a senior level accountant 15, 20 years ago, then became a stay at home mom. What's your take on returning back to what they were previously doing? So get anything current onto the resume, even if that means that they have to take a job in their field that might not be that senior level or a temporary job or a course that they can complete to refresh their skills. Anything that will bring that word present onto their resume. That's the biggest hurdle. So we're doing the reverse pyramid thing, right? We're trying to get that stuff stacked back on there. And, you know, sometimes it's an education and training section that's going to do it. That's going to be this, you know, get back in and be do something current. I also sometimes will include uh, parenting and caregiving on the resume as a role, especially if the gap was substantial. Expand on it and professionalize it, especially if the person is in, you know, education or nonprofit or government there can be ways to show the transferable elements of that work a little more directly. So yeah, I would say a combination of those tactics. Perfect. I love it. It's been so insightful so far. So I'll move on over to another complicated resume scenario. And this is a big one. We talked about our folks with little experience, but I'm going to flip this one on our head and talk about folks with a lot of experience. I remember when I started writing resumes that I thought It was a great thing to say, you know, I have 25, 35 plus years of experience and just call that out on the resume. And I would do it often for clients in the beginning. And then I quickly realized that some of these folks were dealing with ageism, perhaps, or folks feeling like my clients were overqualified. And so I had to make a sort of switch. But 
I want to hear your take in general about having too much experience or ageism. Like what types of scenarios have you seen when it comes to this overqualification and ageism and how do we deal with them? It's funny that you mentioned the, you know, 25 to 35 years of experience that people want to start out with. I encounter this with almost all of the senior level folks that I work with because I will cap it in their summary section at 15 or 20 years. I won't go beyond 20 years. And people without, you know, almost without exception, they will say, but I have 25 years or I have 30 years. And they do say that. <laughs> I have to tell them, unfortunately, there's ageism. So it sucks. It's awful. You know, nobody likes it. But, you know, from the resume perspective, again, where a resume is a marketing document. So we want to like communicate things in a way that's going to resonate. So that means a really modern, clean format. You know, that means trimming stuff down quite a bit. I find often more senior level folks that I work with tend to want to like explain everything and write paragraphs. And it can be really daunting because a resume, you know, people aren't going to spend an hour reading your resume. You know, they're going to skim it. So we want like bite-sized snippets. And often older, more specialized people, they're in the weeds. So it's a little harder for them to take a step back and know how to like clearly, concisely articulate, you know, what they've accomplished when there's so much, there's so much that they've done. So I think it's a lot of it is about prioritizing, you know, kind of deciding what is transferable. A lot of the times industries have changed a lot, especially in the last like 10, 20 years. Like, I don't think there's been another time in history where like the world of work has changed so dramatically in such a short time. So making sure that we're highlighting really like current relevant aspects of their work. It's always interesting. It is. It really is. And so if I have a three-page resume, or call it 3.5 pages, getting specific, and I have you know eight or nine companies that I've worked for, where's usually the first place that you start in terms of getting my resume more cut down? Good question. So I never go over a two-pager. I think that's a just general rule of thumb, unless it's somebody who has a list of publications or projects, almost like a CV. So I would sort of do, there are times when I would do a hybrid CV resume kind of situation where the first two pages is a traditional resume and then the last page is supplemental and a list, presentations, publications, et cetera. But it's, it's not necessarily the core thing that gets me hired right. is what it sounds like you're saying. Right. Yep. And I will usually cap the resume at 15 or 20 years max, depending on you know, each person has their own unique, like, trajectory and up and down, you know, things that you want to shine a spotlight on. So there have been times where I would include, you know, at this point, maybe I would include a job that happened that was in 1999 or the year 2000. If it was really a well-known company or really related to their field, like it would be impressive. So again, it's sort of like each person, I, I don't like to say never, I would say the two page max is a never, you know, I would never have a three page traditional resume. But beyond that, you know, I might go 20 or 25 years back if it was an exceptional situation. 
that makes sense. I think this is something people struggle with, especially those who come to us with a lot of experience. So I really like your take on that. I think it makes sense to me. And it's not easy. I think almost sometimes it's harder to cut down a lot of experience rather than to beef up someone who may not have as much experience or to find relevance, so to speak. So it's it's a different way of <laughs> tackling a life issue. So I feel like we are on a roll here. You've been a fantastic guest so far. But before I move on to the conclusion of this episode, I wanted to hear if you have any other final words of advice, or perhaps any other resume scenarios that I might be missing? Oh, I have a quick tip that's coming to mind. I know when people are working on their resumes, often the quick tips can really be helpful. I like to picture a backwards seven when I'm looking at the resume, because that's the part of the resume that hires are going to notice on their first glance. You know, we've all heard that like people spend six seconds on a resume. That's not true. They spend a microsecond looking at a backward seven on the page before they decide if they're going to keep reading that six seconds. A backward seven. Can you elaborate on that yeah. for those who may sure. missed? Yep. Yeah. Sure. So if you picture the top third of the page and the left third of the page, that's where, you know, pretend, like hires scan that top third, scan that left third. That's where the eye is naturally going to go before they even decide if they're going to keep reading. Thank you for saying that. It's a thought that I've referenced a couple of times, like throughout episodes, but no guest or me, no one's ever like articulated it so well. I think that makes mm -hmm. so much sense because of the way that we read things, especially quickly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thanks. I kind of realized early on that that's what I was doing is I was putting the meat, you know, that's why that summary section is so critical. You've got to have a really solid summary section that ties in company names, sectors, numbers, impressive. That's your selling point. And then the left third, that's where I like to bring really strong active verbs. So ditching words like assisted, helped, supported, taking credit, you know, saying even if you were on a team, you could say participated in or collaborated with senior staff to blah, blah, blah elevate it. And I'll also try to get numbers into that left third of the page too. Numbers are super compelling. And, you know, in a sea of words, numbers are what are going to like attract and sustain that attention. I love that. Thank you. So I'll ask you my famous tattoo question in just one second. But first, I know you have some news. I was just looking at your LinkedIn profile and you have an update, a portal to share. So what are you up to these days? What have you been up to, I should say, and so busy working on? Yeah. So yes, I've been, you know, mainly a professional resume writer for a long time, 15 years working with individuals. And, you know, a few years ago, I started training the staff of workforce development organizations. So, you know, these are job counselors that help people with like barriers to employment. So I started to make this tool to help them to create resumes and cover letters for their folks. So this was a tool that captured like eight common industries that really was helping them to quickly do the things that you and I do for our clients. So helping them to expand on and quantify and mm -hmm. structure the resume to make it really compelling. Fast forward three years and I have a version of this platform that's about to be launched for individual job seekers. So it covers almost 50 industries has hundreds of job titles. Whoa. It takes job seekers through a completely personalized flow of questions based on each job that they've had. 
so it'll ask questions to bring out a lot of the things we talked about, you know, the scope and the context that they worked in, bring out some of the outcomes of the work that they did. And there's a searchable bullet bank. So basically people can create resumes that are, you know, not quite as solid as if they worked with you or I, but, you know, pretty good resumes and cover letters in like 10, 15 minutes. That's fantastic. And so it sounds like it's a little bit more DIY. So they put in their information, like that's the input. And then you're able to come up with something through like good resume principles that they otherwise would not have been able to come up with. That's the idea. I love that. What are you calling this program? Sorry if I missed that earlier. Do you have a name for it? So the tool is called RS Works. RS Works. Okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. So RS Works. And so if I was looking to get my resume written by you, how would I go ahead and do that? Well, my website is resumescriptor.com. And I know we talked about, you know, that there will be like a URL for people in the show notes to check out the portal too, if they want to kind of see that in action. So it's sort of like people who maybe have more complicated scenarios or want a more personalized approach and, you know, people who want to work with me one-on-one, I still do that. I still offer that. And then I also have this platform that people can use if they want to work on it, you know, on their own, kind of a more accessible resource, I guess. Perfect. I love that. And yeah, listeners, you know how I do. I always include those URLs in the show notes. So whenever you're not jogging or driving, you could check that out. I'll include the links as well, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, or listening through our website page. And I love what you're doing. I think we talked about this months ago, Andrea, but like I've only dreamt. I never took any sort of action because this is what you have tasked yourself to do. But put out this amazing program that makes things more accessible for people who may not be ready for a resume service, folks who may not be able to afford a resume service, or folks who just want to quickly get their resume DIY done more quickly. So I think it's amazing what you've done and wheels are already turning. I'm thinking like, how can we stay connected and possibly partner up? But I think that's really cool. Kudos to you. I'm sure it took a lot of hard work. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I've learned a lot. You know, you mentioned that you maybe want to go into software development in your eh, maybe. in a <laughs> parallel life. And yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to, to learn about all this stuff. Yeah. All right. So tattoo question here. If you could tattoo one phrase for every career warrior, one encouraging message or phrase for a career warrior applying for a job, what would that message be? Something along the lines of like, take credit take ownership of what you've done like you've done it like don't be afraid to put yourself out there and showcase it take credit i love that i think folks need to take credit and be proud take time to take inventory of all the amazing things that they've done because like i said people need to get clear i think on the value that they bring and i think that's a beautiful thing so you're giving people positivity as well as good practical words of advice there thank you so much Thanks so much for having me, Chris. This was great. Well, yeah, Andrea, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to leave listeners with? Slash, how can people get in touch with you? I don't know if I asked that. Are you probably big on LinkedIn? Yeah, so my website is Resume Scripter. And then on LinkedIn, yeah, I'm just, you know, LinkedIn in Andrea Gerson. There I am. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us on the Career Warrior Podcast. You were an excellent guest. Thank you so much. This was a joy. Awesome. And listeners, this wraps up episode 277 of the Career Warrior Podcast. My one call to action for you, and I love this one, but seek 
out both Andrea and myself on LinkedIn and connect with us, share a personalized note and let us know what you got out of this episode. This gives us great feedback for the future as well as, you know, it makes us feel good. I mean, it gives us a sense of connection with our fellow listeners. So I'll make sure to include those links as well. Take a step beyond that and post this episode on LinkedIn and tag us. Let us know what key takeaways that you may have. Always enjoy hearing feedback from fellow listeners. And really and truly, I love doing this job. So I cannot thank you listeners enough for listening to the show. It's been a real honor to have done this for the last few years. So thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a huge pleasure, and I will see you next time. Career Warrior Podcast. And before you go, remember, if you're not seeing the results you want in your job search, our highly trained team of professional resume writers here at Let's Eat Grandma can help. Head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast to get a free resume critique and $70 off any one of our resume writing packages. We talk all the time on the show about the importance of being targeted in your job search. And with our unique writing process and focus on individual attention, you'll get a resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile that are highly customized and tailored to your goals to help you get hired faster. Again, head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.